This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, April 7th, 2015. I'm Caleb Brown. Congress is currently grappling with how best to handle criminal justice reform in 2015. Mike Riggs with Families Against Mandatory Minimums argues that any criminal justice reform adopted in 2015 should have sentencing reform as a major component. I feel like the community uh, that is working and has been working for so many years on issues of criminal justice reform are very interested in having a win of some sort and getting some sort of reform uh, because the last time we had a substantive reform was when? 2010, passage of the Fair Sentencing Act, if we're talking about through Congress. And yeah, we, I mean, every win, no matter what the legislation is, means that people get to go home to their families. Right now, we're basically have two options. I won't get too specific, but one option sends a handful of people home to their families a little earlier. The other option has the potential to send tens of thousands of people over the next several decades home to their families earlier. Okay. So we, we want the most people to go home the soonest. Okay. So uh, to what extent is sentencing reform that is to say, a sort of a front-end issue, uh, where does that fit into the discussion currently about uh, criminal justice reform and prison reform? So we have this tug-of-war that sort of started last session, has continued into this congressional session with two options. One is front-end reform, which is sentencing change, how long people go to prison when they're standing before a judge. The other side is back-end reform, which is provide more opportunities for people who have received a sentence to uh, have time taken off that sentence by engaging in programming while they're incarcerated that could reduce the chance that they'll reoffend. This is called recidivism reduction programming. And most bills that address the back-end stuff, they just, they're limited. We're talking about a lot of white-collar offenders, a lot of people with short rap sheets, almost no criminal history. Front end says, let's take everybody, everybody that we're sending to prison, and let's reexamine how we sentence all those people. So a more holistic reform in terms of what is asking at some point the question, what is the purpose of prison? Exactly. And and what is proportional punishment? If you just look at back end, you're you're not going to be able to help people who have 20-year mandatory minimums. You're not going to be able to help nonviolent drug offenders who are serving life without parole. It would be a real shame if we ended this current congressional session with laws still in place that say, your third drug offense, we can put you in a prison for the rest of your life. All right. So what is the, the, the broad case that sentencing reform must be a part of this? The broad case is that Sentences for drug offenses at the federal level were, the average was four and a half years in 1985. We passed the Anti-Drug Abuse Act in 1986. We're almost at 10 years now as the average drug sentence. Um, We need to just re-examine what we've done. We passed a lot of laws out of fear, and now we incarcerate. We send to federal prison between 20 and 25,000 drug offenders every year. We send them for a long time. We should just step back 
and say, is this necessary? Is this proportionate? Is this something the states can be doing? Are there other options for these offenders? The states have just sort of taken off with reexamining how they treat drug offenders. The feds have done nothing of the sort. Now's the time to look at this. What can we adapt from Texas? What can we adapt from California, from New York, from Michigan? All these places have repealed really harsh drug laws. And it's worth noting that a lot of these states that have made pretty substantive reductions, in particular in drug sentences, are deep red states. Absolutely. Uh, Texas is, is sort of the, the beacon, uh, the city on a hill, or the state on a hill, I guess you could say. And one of the reasons they've been so successful is they have no mandatory minimums at all. Uh, they don't have three strikes. They don't use these really harsh sentences. Um, we could stand to think that way about federal offenders, particularly just because of how long the sentences are, the, the lowest mandatory minimum sentence for a drug offense at the federal level is five years, automatic. Judge can't do anything about it. Then it goes up to 10, then it goes up to 20, then you get life without parole. Um, the, many states have abandoned these sentences altogether. They don't make sense. They're cruel. They're expensive. They disrupt families and communities, uh, and they don't deter crime. For people who don't particularly care about what happens to certain segments of society, in terms of just dollars, what would we be looking at if uh, certain reforms were adopted on the front end, like you say, with sentencing reform? So the, the front end reform that's on the table right now in Congress, which is the Smarter Sentencing Act, there, there have been two scores. CBO says over the next 10 years, it'll save just over $4 billion. It's not chump change. Uh, the Department of Justice did an analysis that looked at 20 years out, and they didn't only talk about bed spaces, which is how correctional agencies determine cost savings. They also looked at how many prison employees they were not going to have to hire over the next two decades. And their estimated savings is $24 billion over the next 20 years. So if you're just talking about dollars and cents, it makes a lot of sense to reform the system at the front end. Uh, you're also, you know, we're at 134% capacity in the federal department of, or federal prison system, which is just, it's absurd. I mean, that endangers the life of prison guards to have TV rooms and game rooms and recreational rooms turned into bunk spaces, and suddenly there's no place for prisoners to sort of entertain themselves or blow off steam. Um, and every print, penny that we spend on incarceration, that's money we can't be spending on drug treatment. That's money we can't be spending on policing methods that are actually really effective. Uh, so it's just, it's, it's money poorly spent. Mike Riggs is Director of Communications at Families Against Mandatory Minimums. You can read more on this and other criminal justice issues at our website, cato.org.